coming to you live from Petoskey, Michigan. It's Northern Michigan's only live and local afternoon talk show, WMKT's Talk of the North. Something on your mind? Call our studio line at 866-371-1270 or connect on social media at Triple Talk WMKT on Facebook and X. Now, bringing you the latest news from the region, states, and around the country. Here's your host, Nick Rudy. Good afternoon, Northern Michigan. Welcome to WMKT's Talk of the North on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming online at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Happy Thursday. Another warm and intermittently sunny day across Northern Michigan, mostly sunny day here in Emmett County. Really Really nice weather. Another record-setting day of temperatures in Traverse City. They set the record high for February 8th at noon with a temperature of 53 degrees. Previous record was 52, according to Weather Underground. It got as high as 57 in TC today. Pelston also set a record they reached Around 46 degrees at noon, breaking the record of 43 degrees. Toski Harbor Springs broke their records as well, a temperature of 52 and 55 at noon, and then they both reached a temperature of 56 earlier in the afternoon, breaking their record of 50 degrees. This, uh, this warm weather, though, is not only affecting our ski hills, but another popular industry in our region. We'll talk about a bit of a sticky situation we find ourselves in coming up in the local news portion of today. A miracle, though, happened in Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor, a major collapse uh, by the opposition team, an upset for the Wolverines. Speaking of collapsing, this was just a couple of days after collapsing in the second half and losing to Rutgers. The Wolverines put together a nice performance on both sides of the ball for an entire game. Both halves collected a 72-68 win over number 11 Wisconsin, who will no doubt no longer be number 11 after losing to lowly Michigan. Michigan still only 3-9 and nine in conference play. They're unlikely to do a whole lot else other than get some uh, feel-good wins for the rest of the season. Making the evening even more rare, though, the Pistons offense carried their typical sloppy defense, securing them a 133-120 to win. Jaden Ivey coming into his own as he had a career-high 37 points. Well, there were, there were two injuries. We'll explain why briefly here in a second. We're going to break down the, uh, the happenings of the Pistons today uh, in the local news tomorrow sports section, so be sure to tune in between 6 and 9 a.m. But uh, we had two injuries going into yesterday's game. Cade Cunningham did not play his knee injury flaring up. This guy just might be injury prone. That's an issue in and of itself. But we need to make sure that we don't force him back. He has nothing to play for. We're not going to make it to the playoffs. Nothing like that. Can't risk knocking out a generational talent. Uh, Then Bojan Bogdanovic was out last night to a calf injury doesn't matter for us particularly other than just wishing the guy well because he and Alec Burks have been traded to the New York Knicks for four different guards. Uh, There's going to have to be a lot. So we had two players coming in 
yesterday. We picked up another one today from the 76ers, then four more players and a couple of draft picks scattered throughout, four more from the New York Knicks. I'll give away our, you know, Bojan, but he, while being our second highest scorer, is also one of the biggest liabilities defensively, while some of our defense is horrible. So we've had to make some room. So we got rid of Joe Harris and Killian Hayes. We couldn't find any trade trade partners for Killian Hayes, so we released both of those players. I think we still have to get rid of one or two more players to uh, make the roster work. But um, yeah, so a lot of trades. A lot for some reason, it's like a lot of a lot of European European players. And and don't get me wrong, every once in a while you'll you'll hit gold there. But man, the, those European players, you know, are very few and far between being good. Um, I think we should stick to what has been proven over a long period of time. I mean, Bojan didn't work out for us. There's a lot of players that we picked up that just do not seem to be um, good pieces either. So I, I really don't know what we're doing, but hopefully we can fix the draft. But Jaden Ivey is doing really good. Um, yeah, that crew high 37 points. Jaden Ivey, Duran, we Kate Cunningham back. We still have a core to build around. Um, so we'll see. If we can do that, maybe a little bit of hope, though, for the future around these young players. We're seeing them score a lot of points. Duran had 20 last night. So that's all a big if, though, if Cade can remain healthy. They have a quick turnaround, though, tonight. They have a game taking on Portland. Another late tip-off. That's at 10. To our trivia question for today, though, which of these countries has the most Nobel Prize winners? Germany, the UK, France, or Poland. You can participate on the trivia poll over on X at Triple Talk WMKT, my personal X account at Nick Rudy. The Detroit News has issued its endorsements for the Michigan primary elections ahead of the February 24th primary. It might shock you. Maybe it won't shock you, or maybe it'll partially shock you and partially not shock you. They have endorsed in the Republican primary. Nikki Haley. Haley, they say, is the type of presidential candidate America says it wants, younger, focused on the future, and not obsessed with litigating past grievances. The Republican is ready to receive the presidential torch on her on behalf of her generation. The Michigan Republican primary voter should hand it to her on February 27th. On the Democratic side, they have endorsed Congressman Dean Phillips. They say Biden's across-the-board failure as the nation's chief executive is why we are recommending Michigan's Democratic voters cast their ballots for Dean Phillips in the February 27th presidential primary. We don't pretend Phillips, a center-left Minnesota congressman, is the ideal presidential standard bearer. He's obscure and lightly experienced, but he is competent. He's close to the middle of American of the American electorate and offers common-sense solutions for what ails the country. So interesting choices, especially in the Democratic race. This is because the guy's very obscure. Obviously, neither of their endorsements are going to win. But hey, I mean, I guess they don't care about their win-loss record, which I might mean might be good, I guess. Uh, other big news that broke today, Joe Biden, the special counsel has released like an over 300-page report saying that they're not going to be seeking charges for or not recommending the seeking of charges from the DOJ for his criminal um, keeping of documents as a U.S. senator and a vice president, they boiled it down to he's an old man with bad memory problems, yet he continues to be president. He continues to campaign for another four years. He says it's a win. His attorneys say that it was basically um, 
assassination of character by saying that he's an old man with memory problems, which is the only reason why they're not charging him. And, and then Donald Trump replied, saying that if he's not getting charged, Biden's not getting charged, he should by no means be charged because he was president during the time that these uh, allegations came forward. So that's what's trending right now. But to our trivia question, which of these countries have the most Nobel Prize winners? Germany, the UK, France, or Poland? The answer is the UK with 137 winners. Today is the 8th of February. It is time for our famous birthday. And today we're wishing the GOAT, John Williams, a happy 92nd birthday. One of cinema's all-time greatest composers who wrote the theme music for Star Wars, Superman, and Indiana Jones. Also composed one of the most recognized theme songs in history for Jaws, which won the 1975 Academy Award for Best Original dramatic score. He also composed theme music for Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, the first three Harry Potter films, Catch Me If You Can, Memoirs of a Geisha, War Horse, Lincoln, and Family Plot, which was Alfred Hitchcock's last film. He is very likely, no matter what genre and what kind of movies you like, he's likely produced the score for your one of your favorite movies. 54 Academy Award nominations. He's the second most nominated person only after Walt Disney. He's the oldest Oscar nominee in any category, 91 years old, just last year. He has composed the score for nine of the top 25 highest grossing films in the U.S. box office. In 2005, the American Film Institute selected Williams' score to Star Wars as the greatest film score of all time. I concur. I actually have to look, and I wonder if that is for all of them combined or if that's just for the first three. Either way, definitely deserving. The Library of Congress entered the Star Wars soundtrack into the National Recording Registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So, without further ado, my favorite of his Star Wars songs. Happy birthday to John Williams and all of our February 8th birthdays. We have some local news headed your way after our break. Changes could be coming soon to the National Cherry Festival air show. Don't panic. It's not going anywhere. Well, actually, it might be going somewhere, but it's it's not leaving. It's not being canceled or anything, but there are some serious considerations that they need to take into account as Traverse City itself grows. Two energy plants may be closing soon, and a local school has shut down its preschool 
due to several violations, not actually uh, of their own doing, but they were in practicality shut down by the state. We'll get into those stories and many more coming up after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM Triple Talk, WMKT. Who is God? Pharaoh asked 3,500 years ago. Today, you and I might add, why should I listen to God? Who is God that I should pray to him? After all, I have modern problems. Who is God? Can he help me with my problems? If you'd like to know what God is like, what his dreams are for you, and what blessings he offers you, then join us, the First Baptist Church of Petoskey, Every Sunday morning, live at 10 a.m. on WMKT, 1270 a.m., 1023 and 1033 FM. Every Sunday, we'll see how everything in the book of Exodus answers Pharaoh's questions and yours. Join us as we learn together who God is and what he has to offer you. Hello Americans, it's Uncle Sam here. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes to the IRS or state, don't worry. I've got important news that may help you negotiate a lower tax bill. In today's economy, the IRS has released a variety of new rules and is offering more flexible terms to help Americans looking to settle their IRS debt. If you apply today, we may be able to lift your wage garnishments and release a freeze on your bank assets or business. Our team of tax professionals can resolve your case and stop collection actions against you. Even if you've been audited or haven't filed a return in years, they can help. Call right now and find out if you qualify to settle your IRS debt for far less than what you owe. Pick up your phone right now and call Call us for a free $500 IRS tax review. Don't wait. Here's the number. Call right now. 800-294-7179. For the last time, 800-294-7179. Who will be there to tell the story as history unfolds? to help us understand where our favorite team won or lost the game. Who will be there to warn us when the storm is on its way? Will you? Start a career in the broadcasting industry, on air or behind the scenes. There's a place for you. Go to BeThereMichigan.com to learn more. And apply online today at MacDonaldGarberBroadcasting.com. There's one man on this earth who really truly gets it. There's no question that when you eliminate voter ID, there's no question when you eliminate signatures and dates from absentee ballots, there's no question when you have the equivalent of mailboxes unsecured where people can drop ballots. There is simply no question that all that is done to advance the electoral chances of America's autocratic party, the Democrat Party. And anybody who tells you differently... Mark Levin is on the radio. Weeknights at 6 on WMKT. And now we return to your home for in-depth local news coverage. WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy, exclusively on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM WMKT, and streaming across the Wolverine State at WMKTTheTalkStation.com.
Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT, streaming statewide at WMKT, the talk station. Reach out to the show, 866-371-1270, 866-371-1270 via email, wmktbusiness at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Triple Talk, WMKT, Facebook, and X at Nick Rudy. That's my personal handle. You can annoy me all day long. That's okay. You can also find us on Telegram, t.me slash Triple Talk, WMKT. Well, all but public schools announced that effective immediately their preschool will be shut down. This is due to a Lara investigation, which is the state of Michigan licensing agency. They're required by the state to cease operations of the preschool immediately. I'm looking at internal documents. No abuse has been reported. The reasons for the shutdown is uh, listed as licensing, lack of training, um, and some sanitation issues. In fact, we have these internal documents in front of us. So I'll kind of give you what they, um, what these these claims are from uh, Renee Libby, licensing consultant, child care licensing bureau out of Lansing. And so we got one that reads uh, four individuals, which is the main concern. You'll you'll hear that time over time here. It's these four individuals mainly acted as child care staff. When they relieved Miss Dixon for breaks, none of these individuals underwent a comprehensive background check as required by law. None of the four staff who acted as child care staff members had written child abuse, neglect, mandated reporting statements on file as required. None of the four uh, staff acting as child care staff members had verification of negative TB test results on file at the time of hire or before acting as a child care staff member. None of the four child care staff members completed training on prevention of shaken baby syndrome, abuse of head trauma, child maltreatment, recognition, uh, more just, you know, child abuse training. None of the four staff members completed prevention and control of infectious disease training, including uh, immunizations before unsupervised contact with children. None of the four staff members completed the required health and safety trainings within 90 days of acting as a child care staff member. Some specifically naming some folks, uh, Miss. Santeri and Miss Dixon did not complete the 2022 health and safety refresher. Miss uh, Loper did not complete the 2021 refresher. So a couple of uh, very, I mean, it's 2024 now. So very, a um, couple of years expired there. Uh, written procedures did not include a plan for safely moving children to a relocation site. So it doesn't seem like they have a uh, an emergency contingency plan. Uh, written procedures included a plan for contacting parents and reuniting families. The product being used to sanitize tables used for meals and snacks was a cleaner that did not meet the criteria for sanitization. So those are the reasons listed by uh, the licensing consultant uh, from the licensing bureau, Lara in Lansing. We'll keep you posted on that story as we learn more. The warm weather has been extremely detrimental to winter activity and just like the industries therein of skiing and snowboarding, sledding even, ice skating. The weather's also now affecting another staple northern Michigan industry, maple syrup. Early March is when maple syrup season usually starts in northern Michigan, but according to farmers, we're about a month ahead of schedule. The syrup runs when the nighttime temperatures get into the mid-20s. Daytime temperatures are in the 40s. And bonus for sunny days, kind of like today, even though we're even warmer than that. 
Uh, we've been experiencing days just like that for about two weeks. So many farmers have already started to tap their trees, but not going to last long as we have a polar vortex headed our way, according to meteorologists, uh, which is expected to refreeze the sap. A fatal fire in Chippewa County just before 7 last night. A call came in for a fire on H-40 just west of Rudyard. State troopers that arrived first on the scene tried to enter the home, but the heat and smoke were just too much. Two adults, two children in the home were able to escape. An elderly disabled woman was unable to be to escape or be assisted, died in the fire. State police are investigating the cause of that fire. Two power plants may be closing down soon. One of them in northern Michigan. Biomass power plants operates a plant in Lincoln and in Cadillac as well that turn wood chips, railroad ties, and other wood residuals into energy. And the power created was then sold to Consumers Energy. But both agreements are coming to an end. Those opposed including include the Michigan Association of Timbermen saying the potential closure could devastate the environment with fewer places to dispose of material from plants and animals, the threat of wildfires could increase during the summer. The city of Cadillac estimates that 40 to 50 jobs will be impacted by these potential closures. The Michigan Department of Transportation will be hosting a community open house to discuss the Grandview Parkway project. The parkway is scheduled to undergo construction in March and then end at the end of July. The event will be hosted at their Traverse City location on the 20th and serve as a way to inform drivers of detours that will be available. The man accused of dredging the mouth of the Platte River in the summer of 2022 has been convicted. 63-year-old Andrew Howard of Frankfurt was found guilty of tampering and vandalism within the Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. Both crimes are federal misdemeanors. Cadillac Area Schools is hosting its first Family Expo at the end of the month. More than 40 exhibitors will focus on safety, education, and other information 5 to 7 p.m. on the 29th. Enbridge is planning to lay off 650 workers in March after they sold some of its holdings in December. Spokesperson Ryan Duffy said, While we delivered strong financial performance in 2023, cost reduction measures are necessary to maintain our financial strength, be more cost competitive, and enable us to grow. No specifics if this will include Michigan-based workers. Remember, Enbridge is a Canadian company. But they did say that this will not affect the safety of Line 5. The air show during the National Cherry Festival may be changing in coming years. The Growing popularity and traffic at Cherry Capital Airport due to the growing popularity of Traverse City is reportedly making the disruptions caused by the air show more difficult to overcome. During the air show scheduled to take place June 29th and 30th this year from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. with the Blue Angels taking flight at approximately 3 p.m., all commercial flights are grounded whenever high-performance aircraft are in the air. When those aircraft are performing, federal rules require a five nautical mile radius of restricted airspace around the center point of the air show, which takes place over Grand Traverse Bay. Cherry Capital Airport must then halt flights not only during portions of both air shows, but also earlier in the week when aircraft are practicing. Several different alternatives have been proposed, including tightening air show practice and performance windows, exploring night shows featuring alternate technology like drones, and then moving the center point of the air show further away from Grand Traverse Bay and the airport. The airport is concerned that the continued disruptions will cause major airlines to take their business elsewhere. The Cherry Fest must obtain a 
permit from the airport every year before holding the show. So the airport and subsequently the county, they have a lot of say in the matter. The open seat for the Northwestern Michigan College Board has six candidates vying for it. Jordan Oskione Broad from Traverse City, Jamie Gallagher from Williamsburg, Pamela Horn from Interlochen, Mark Keeley from Traverse City, Bill Marsh from Traverse City, and Merrick Roman also of Traverse City. The NMC Board of Trustees will be interviewing all six candidates at a special meeting scheduled for the 19th. At 3 p.m. following the meeting, they will vote to appoint one of the candidates to the seat. The Harbor Springs Police Chief Kyle Knight gave the department's annual update to the city council this week. Reports from the department were down 308 reports from 953 in 2017. The department logged 13,883 events in 2023 compared to 11,900 in 2022. A rollover crash in Benzie County just before 5, a Ford F-150 headed west, this was yesterday, on M-115, crossed the center line, left the roadway, hit several trees, and rolled over several times. The driver, Alan Iller of McBain, was taken to the hospital in critical condition. The passenger, Laura Sluter, was declared dead at the scene. Police believe it was a medical emergency that was the cause of the crash. They do not suspect speed or alcohol to have been factors. That is your look at local news today. We're going to take another quick break. When we return in yesterday's show, we started talking about, there was a brief little blip in the local news segment about the uh, this new two-bill proposal about uh, getting some incentives for films to be made and other multimedia projects here in Michigan. We're going to dive deeper into what some of these credits are and just how much it could cost us in the long run. Some interesting facts there and about who is sponsoring it. We also, in the local news segment as well, talked about some of the highlights of the governor's budget proposal. And she has come up with a way... Uh, in the proposal, after looking at it a little deeper, to pay for one of her big boondoggles. But it seems to be, uh, at at best, a short-term solution. At worst, continued radical spending. So we will continue looking into both of those stories coming up after these messages. You're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 102.3 and 103.3 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. I'm Tom Graham. A Justice Department report concludes President Biden willfully retained classified materials while a private citizen, but the special counsel added the president's actions do not warrant criminal charges. Special counsel acknowledged I cooperated completely. I did not throw up any roadblocks. President in Leesburg, Virginia, Supreme Court justices hearing oral arguments today appeared skeptical of a Colorado case removing Donald Trump from the state's ballot. Chief Justice John Roberts expressed fears other states would follow. A goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot, and others, uh, for the Republican candidate, you're off the ballot, and it'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. 
The Colorado Supreme Court ruled Trump should be removed, citing the 14th Amendment's insurrection clause. America is listening to Fox News. Triple Talk WMKT with another edition of WMKT's Manufactured in Northern Michigan. AAR Mobility Systems. We are located in Cadillac, Michigan. Over 250 employees across the three locations. Brooks and Perks was established in 1950 and then acquired by AAR in 1981. AAR Mobility Systems is a 100% U.S.-based engineering and manufacturer of cargo pallets, palletized seating systems, ISU containers, and expandable shelters used for military and humanitarian missions. Our products are used for transporting U.S. troops, allied partners and military working dogs. We safely ship critical supplies into hostile or rugged environments anywhere in the world using sea, air, or ground transportation. You can learn more about AAR Mobility Systems by visiting our website at aarmobilitysystems.com. Don't forget to like and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook as we are now hiring. Who would be there to tell us if the band left them begging for more? To bring us the classics, spinning down Woodward. We'll be there to warn us when our commute needs a detour. Will you? Start a career in the broadcasting industry. On air or behind the scenes, there's a place for you. Go to BeThereMichigan.com to learn more. And apply online today at McDonaldGarberBroadcasting.com. Triple Talk, WMKT weather forecast. Forecast for the rest of today, chance of isolated showers this afternoon. Otherwise, peaks of sun, highs near 56. Showers tonight, lows near 41. Chance of shower thunderstorms for Friday. A little windy as well. Could see gusts as high as 35 miles an hour. Temperatures falling throughout the day to around 40. Saturday, Sunday, could see chance of rain, but cloudy skies and highs in the mid-30s. That's your forecast on Triple Talk, WMKT. Now, back to WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, WMKT, and streaming statewide at WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk WMKT. If you missed any of today's show, you can head over to our website to catch up on the local news, local happenings here in Northern Michigan, WMKTTheTalkStation.com. Click the On Demand tab, click Talk of the North immediately after the show ends at 6. You can catch up on everything you missed on your own time. Well, a bit more information has been dug up surrounding the story from yesterday about the pair of bills introduced in the House that would create incentives for films and other media projects to be made in Michigan. I mentioned there were generic tax breaks for films and other projects made here, and then there are also tax breaks if you cast people who live in Michigan. You get the whole double whammy there if you make it in Michigan and make it by Michigan. Now, totally understandable if you were not in favor of tax breaks for anyone, but that would be your biggest worry in the original story, the original assumption with the original facts, just the tax breaks. But there is more. The Michigan Capital Confidential reports that the tax credit could cost the state, which means the taxpayers, 
just over $2 billion over the next decade. There's a little bit of fear-mongering and a lot of truth in there. So the officials who want this program to move forward, which includes local state representative John Roth, sponsor of the bills, they want the program to be fully successful. But at the same time, will movie makers actually start coming to Michigan in droves? Probably not. But at the end of the day, this will cost us some amount of money. And to be honest, are any of these movies going to be things we watch? I know I'm a bit biased because, as I've said before, I really don't watch movies, but I doubt the Marvel movies are going to be filmed here. You know, Marvel Endgame Squared is not going to be made in Marquette or in Grand Rapids. It'll be indie films, at least to start. So in reality, these bills would be creating a few low-paying acting jobs. Remember, you know, acting is not a very glamorous job until you make it into some of these bigger movies, which is very, very hard to do. Could it pay off in the long run? Maybe, but again, it will come at the cost of the to the to the uh, at a cost of the taxpayers. And do taxpayers want Michigan to be a hub of the movie industry? I think that's a fair question to ask voters before asking them for more money. But the sheer potential amount this can cost us is not the only bad news of an update that I have about these pair of bills. Companies could also receive a 5% credit if the production company or other qualified personnel are women or minorities. So this is low-level DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is a product, this is a byproduct of the bills being bipartisan. Pretty self-explanatory, by the way, encouraging people to hire women and people of color in order to receive the tax credit. In this specific case, it is actually, though, even more strange than the stereotypical DEI that you hear maybe at United Airlines or like Starbucks or Amazon or Google. Most movies, professional, indie, or otherwise, they cast and employ women and minorities all of the time because they just know those people are in everyday life. They just cast them because they're talented or you need someone to play a woman. You know, or what are they going to have John Cena play a woman? No, they're, they're going to cast a woman. So there really is no incentive here. It's not an incentive. It's just an extra little 5% on top of what you're already getting for doing the same thing that you were automatically. <laughs> they're automatically going to qualify for the tax credit without changing their policy. In essence, they're just going to make the movie how they were originally going to make it. Incentives usually indicate that you have to do something that's a little bit different than you originally planned. So super strange. A bad precedent to set either way. Some closing data from the proposal. For qualified productions that are at least 20 minutes in duration, the annual cap would be $100 million for the first three years, $150 million for the next three years, $200 million for the final four years. According to the House Fiscal Agency, no one production could receive more than 20% of the available credits in a year unless the Michigan Film Office decides that a greater amount would be in the best economic interest of the state. You may be old enough to remember the mid-2010s, or at least I hope so. This is not the first time the state has tried to monetarily incentivize the film industry at all levels to shoot here in Michigan. 
it didn't work the first time around. The film incentive program offering rebates up to 42% of the filmmakers' in-state production costs was shuttered in 2015 during the Rick Snyder administration amid criticism that the return on investment for Michigan taxpayers was minimal. Lawmakers in favor of shuttering the subsidies in 2015 said the state can't afford subsidies to draw on filmmakers here even when limited to $50 million annually in recent years because the state needs at least $1.2 billion for more a year for roads and bridges. Ah, isn't that fun? $1.2 billion for roads back in 2015. And look, we're still in disrepair because we shut down one program and reopened two more, pulling money from things we actually need. Isn't it funny? We're seeing these proposals, by the way, seeing these proposals for the uh, to create more incentives again once more the second time around for the film industry when it didn't work the first time. And yet I have not heard a whole lot of uh, rumblings about the uh, Pure Michigan campaign being revitalized. The Pure Michigan campaign, fun fact, uh, for every dollar invested, $9 in economic return for the tourism industry. So explain that to me why we're, we're taking the, the tricks from 2015 and reapplying them to the modern era, doing this film industry subsidy again. And then we, Governor Whitmer and the Democrats severely neuter the entire Pure Michigan campaign. And that was one of the very few successful state campaigns run in our entire history. And I don't hear a whole lot of people talking about that other than a previous conversation I had with uh, State Senator John DeMoose. But back to the uh, these whole film credit things before I get down uh, another angry path here. Uh, side note to close, an interesting tidbit from the end of the article from Bridge, Michigan, that mentioned a couple of things about this. Uh, John Roth, the Republican from Interlochen, who is a lead sponsor on the bills, his daughter is in college at Grand Valley studying film production. Roth said why he supports the bill, quote, I think it's kind of silly if we're teaching these courses in our universities that we don't have any jobs for them. Roth said, I think we have to actually have an industry, but we have to incentivize to begin with to get people interested i think a and it's a partially fair question but i think a more fair question is you know we have like underwater basket weaving weaving classes and degrees at colleges why are those being offered when there's no jobs so maybe we don't have to artificially create a demand for jobs for degrees that are being offered in colleges and universities instead colleges and universities need to match the job offerings that do often change. They have to be flexible, I think, and change to what is needed across the state. But I think that's a uh, backwards thinking for many politicians. As of 2022, at least 35 states of all political bents offered tax incentives for film production, according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. So now you're armed with a little bit more information to mull over and determine if you how you want your representative or senator to vote if these bills even get that far. One of the criticisms of Governor Whitmer's budget proposals that popped up in the state of the state in January and then in her actual budget proposal released yesterday was how are we going to pay for it all? That's what a lot of Republicans were talking about. That's what a lot of people on the right were talking about. How are we going to afford this? We're expecting a decrease in tax revenue and we'll have little to no and more likely no federal COVID dollars to spend. Obviously, no more of those are coming in. And yet we are 
only looking to lower our spending by $1.3 billion? That doesn't seem to be nearly enough. But the question of how to pay for it was not only a broad question that was proposed as we looked at the overall budget, but when Whitmer proposed specific programs, she originally did not offer any insight in how to pay for it. And then two of those marquee programs being free community college for all new college graduates and then universal free pre-K for all four-year-olds. She has announced a way to pay for the latter, but in reality, at the same time, she did not. So I know that's a little confusing, so bear with me while I explain why it's kind of a yes and no. So in her proposal for this 2025 fiscal year budget, the governor wants to redirect about $670 million that would normally go to cover liabilities in the state's teacher retirement system. According to the Detroit News, the move could be key to providing resources for Whitmer's plans to offer free preschool to all four-year-olds and free community college for all high school graduates. Republicans are saying this is a raid on the retirement system, and the Republicans are mostly right, although they're not usually super friendly when it comes to state education and teacher reimbursement, but when it comes to retirement, they are usually pretty strong in its defense. But still, Whitmer and her budget team argue that Past efforts to pay down debt by her administration has freed up $670 million and that there's no greater investment with a greater return on investment in our investing in our kids. So a lot of this money, most of it is going to be going to this universal pre-K program. I'm sure there's going to be a little bit left over that will be, you know, kind of tossed into the pot for the free two years of community college and they're going to have to figure out where to fund the rest of that. But there they go again, though. There they go again, wrapping up bad policies in small children. They do this all the time, by the way, for a variety of different political opinions. But this one is the one we're specifically focusing on. You know, simply put, they want kids, they want these kids in the state education system longer so they have more time to indoctrinate them. That is, that is the, the motivation. That is the motive behind the madness. Yes, the out-of-control spending is the means, but the motive is having the kids in the state's care for longer. I mean, sure, what's only one more year? But, but then couple that with the free community college where these students and colleges will feel beholden to the state. That's paying for all of this. So that would be then 15 years in the state education system while 12 is more than enough already. But let's look at a normal person's budget in comparison to the state budget and show why this is a bad idea. Because Whitmer says the state's actions paying is like paying debt off early. She says she basically compares paying off the debt for the pensions to paying off your mortgage early. All right, so you had a 15-year mortgage on your house, and you're basically living paycheck to paycheck because in reality, this administration spends every dollar it possibly can, but you eventually pay off that mortgage, which was $1,200 a month. And even though you need a new car soon and your roof is leaking, you decide to spend the money on someone to mow your yard instead of you just doing it yourself for one twentieth of the cost. You see, we have roads and bridges 
in total disrepair. Crumbling before our eyes, quite literally. Sometimes you'll go down the road and there's going to be like a big semi-truck in front of you and they're like, can I go off to the shoulder and you just see chunks of pavement flying off? I've actually seen that before. They literally are crumbling before your eyes. Go look at the bridge over in Sheboygan County. I mean, they got Cam Cavett out there with a tub of super glue trying to keep the bridge together. I'm nearly not joking. Because just like the leaky roof with these roads and bridges, we are in need of immediate repairs. We are in need of immediate help. And ironically, in, in the story before this one, the film program story, that original iteration of the 2015 um, film incentive, that was shut down because lawmakers were embarrassed we were spending millions of dollars on a non-necessity having movies made here when we needed $1.2 billion to catch up on road repairs every year. But in the remaining three years of the Snyder administration and the entirety of the Whitmer administration, our roads have gotten significantly worse. Not better, but significantly worse. We needed $1.2 billion to catch up and repair our roads every single year. An additional $1.2 billion, I failed to look up the how much we were spending back then on roads and bridges and general infrastructure, but we needed an extra $1.2 billion. According to reports released over the past couple of months, Michigan needs $3.9 billion a year for repairing the roads, yet this budget, Whitmer sets aside $400 million. $670 million for universal pre-K and some of that going to two years of community college $400 million for roads and bridges while they continue to get worse. We were at $1.5 in 2015 every year in additional costs. We are now at $3.9 billion, or $1.5 billion to $3.9 billion. That is over double the amount. And now she's spending a third more on universal pre-K and free community college that should be up to parents and students themselves to pay for it. Insanity. Now, maybe this money does need to stay in the teacher retirement fund. Maybe the Republicans are right. I don't know how that operates, how the teacher retirement fund pension program is funded, if it's just barely scraping by, if we're not paying them enough, if we're behind. But if we're to spend it on something other, spend it on something our state has desperately needed for years, for decades. But instead, we're going to spend it on a proven loser. Whitmer, in her infinite wisdom, has gotten more money to be spent on education every year, year in and year out, and simultaneously has seen our scores go down year in and year out. And yet when she gets a little bit of allegedly freed up money, it burns a hole in her pocket and she decides to create a new, new programs in the failed state educational system. This over $600 million, almost $650 million, well, well over $600 million for preschool, and then more money from God knows where for free community college. Our students are not getting smarter. They're only getting more indoctrinated. The Democrats will spend any amount of money. The teachers and all of us drivers be damned. If they can squeeze out a few more years to have control of the minds of your children, they'll do it. They don't care about education. They care about getting kids out of the hands of parents and into their own. 
because if they truly cared about education, they would not be stripping away standards. They wouldn't be removing the third grade reading level standard. They wouldn't be, they would be pausing additional spending until results improve. They wouldn't be telling teachers, hey, we're going to give you more money, even though you're teaching kids worse and worse year over year. I'm going to even take this a step further. For years, under the Democratic-backed feminism movement and their complete disregard for anything remotely looking like traditional values and everything they've done with the welfare state to destroy black families, single-parent homes are now at an all-time high in our country. Ask any elected official, by the way, which what one of the top issues that faces their community, and they're going to say child care. Single moms have to work some, and even if they are reliant in some instances on government programs, but that is what school, and this is what pre-K will be, is just childcare. The Democrats created a problem, and now they're taking advantage of it by taking kids off of the hands of their single parents for, quote, safekeeping. They created a problem to get kids to be controlled by them. And so here we are. What, do we want serviceable roads and infrastructure, or do we want childcare? Questions we shouldn't have to be asking, but yet... Here we are, $670 million for universal pre-K and for free community college. No one's asked for that. No one. $400 million for roads and bridges that literally every single purpose, every single person from a communist to a right-wing authoritarian neo-Nazi, they've been all asking for the same thing, everyone in between, and she doesn't care. She just doesn't care. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we are going to get into WMKT's Market Watch. You're, lis you're listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. Have you outgrown your health insurance plan or just not happy with what you're paying for? The number one reason we all change our health insurance is price. Are you paying too much for your health insurance? Would you like to have better coverage at a better rate or at little or no cost to you? Your life needs are always changing, but have you done anything to improve your health insurance for you and your family? Health insurance laws and coverage are always changing and getting better. It's impossible to do all the research yourself. But now it's all done for you for free. So regardless of your age or medical condition, take a few minutes right now and find out if you can save money or even qualify for zero-cost health insurance in your state. Call now. Paid for by Cheaper Health Insurance. 800-652-1470. 800-652-1470. 800-652-1470. That's 800-652-1470. Every day, Doctors Without Borders teams confront hard facts in conflict and crisis zones. When others might look away, we step in to act. Because measles still kills more than 100,000 children every year. We're there to vaccinate over a million worldwide, including those affected by the current outbreak in Democratic Republic of Congo. Because half of all maternal deaths occur during delivery or within 24 hours. We've assisted more than 1.4 million births around the world, including care for new mothers in Afghanistan. Because some countries only have one or two mental health professionals, we offer counseling and clinical care, providing over 400,000 mental health consultations worldwide last year, including care for migrants and refugees on the dangerous journey north from Central America. 
The fact is, your acts of care and compassion make our life-saving work possible. Picture the impact we can have together. DoctorsWithoutBorders.org And now, more of WMKT's Talk of the North with Nick Rudy right now on Northern Michigan's home for news and opinion, Triple Talk, WMKT. Welcome back to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk, WMKT. It is time for WMKT's Market Watch. The Dow Jones increased 48 points, ending at 38,726. The NASDAQ increased 37 points, ending at 15,793. While the S&P 500 increased just two points, ending at 4,997, very close to 5,000. Maybe they'll sneak across that tomorrow. Domino's Pizza increased $4.63 per share, ending at $426.58. Kellogg Company increased $1.25, ending at $54.94. Stryker Corporation fell $3.69, ending at $339.36. And Whirlpool Corporation increased $1.14, ending at $110.19. That has been WMKT's Market Watch, and that is all the time that we have for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up this week of shows. You are listening to WMKT's Talk of the North on 1023 and 1033 FM, 1270 AM, Triple Talk WMKT. Have a good night.